Hello, and welcome to episode 239 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm back. He's back, baby. <laughs> a, a week of beach living. Oh, uh, it was fantastic. Uh, now, Highly James, recommend. James has returned. Yep. Um, this week is kind of a grab bag of everything uh, James missed while he was being a beach bunny. Yeah, there was a lot. I did a really good job of leaving my phone in a drawer in the nightstand and not paying any attention to it to anything Just enjoying time with my family and boy howdy did i miss a lot yeah so um if you want to get at us um throne not throne wilds of eldraine uh spoilers are happening if you want to get some uh early uh information about the set um there's been some uh, leaks and we discussed mm-hmm. many of them in the pre-show yeah some that maybe inspired me to buy some cards (laughs) if you would like to listen to the pre-show you have to be a patron to do that yeah but if if you've got things you're excited about things you want us to talk about here in the next few weeks kind of around uh wild set stuff Mm -hmm. uh reach out to us on social media facebook discord elon forever x um (laughs) and uh all that stuff. All those links are in the description, so go check it out. Say hey. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know what you think. Let us know if there's something you want us to cover. Um, I think the one that you forgot to say was Discord. Oh, that's I couldn't remember if I said Discord or not. So Yeah, that's where we're probably the most active, and I spent a portion of today responding to messages in Discord that I had missed while I was on sabbatical. Um, <laughs> on my sabbatical. There, there were, there were some uh, question or ideas for shows and whatnot Good. in there, so yeah. So I made note of those and answered some questions, and yeah. Um, like Brian said earlier, we talked about a bunch of Wilds of Eldraine stuff in the pre-show. If you would like to listen to that, sign up for our Patreon. You get to help to support the show if you enjoy the content we make and. Want to show us how much you care? You can chip a couple bucks in at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg, and you'll get access to that pre-show as well as every other pre-show. You'll also get access to our show notes, and you'll get put on my mailing list for when I have swag to send out. Swag. Uh, Roughly every other month I do some givebacks. They seem to be pretty popular. Our patrons really like them. Uh, Speaking of, I did get a couple requests for tokens for the next round of givebacks. Um, if anybody has any more, send them on my way. And if you're not a patron uh, and have one that might entice you to become a patron, you can send that my way also. Um, another way you can support the show is through a TCG player affiliate link. Casualtryhard.com slash TCG. As we've said for, I don't know, a month or two now, our affiliate link has changed. So don't try and use the old one. This is the new current one. Uh, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Follow that link on over to TCG Player, and anything you purchase afterwards will get a percentage of to help keep the show going. Doesn't cost you guys a dime, and we would really appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Alright, so we've got a bunch of stuff to talk about. So Wizards did, like, an information dump. Yeah. I, th- I think it started as like a Gen Con panel. Okay. And then portions of that were translated into an article 
And then there was like a different article with some timeline stuff. Wizards does not make it easy to uh, to find the information you're looking for. It's in multiple places all on their website. Could have very easily all been in one place and would have been easier to manage. Could have just been a much simpler way to do things. Yeah. So I apologize if uh, our notes here are kind of scattered and that leads to us being a little bit scattered, but you'll have to bear with me here. We, we're doing our best. Yeah. He's still on got vacation brain, so it's fine. Yeah, I haven't gone back to work yet. Tomorrow's my first day back to work, and oh, I'm man. not looking forward to it. My my wife has been off since Wednesday. Yeah. And she she was like, it was raining here, and she's like, what if it'll rain tomorrow? Maybe the patients will stay home. She's like, I've been <laughs> off for a week. I should I should be better prepared. It's like, no, it's fine. All rain right. keeps the patients home, huh? Yes. Yes, it, <laughs> and the students away. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, I always tell my students, like, you're not part witch. You can get wet. It's fine. <laughs> Not going to melt. Not going to melt. All right. So there were a bunch of arena announcements. Mm-hmm. Um, so the big one, I think, for us is that um, they're planning to have Pioneer tournaments by the end of next year. Which means that the paper format mostly intact should be on arena by then right yeah so um they're going to be there's more anthologies coming there has yep. to be and we'll, we'll talk about some of those and there's a pioneer masters set which mm-hmm. is a digital only release that mm-hmm. is coming to arena kind of with the sole focus i think of getting it to enough of pioneer yeah to be viable again like we're not gonna get some prowler more than likely, right? But Don't we're gonna it. we're gonna get yeah we're gonna get the cards that we need, and right. skimp on the cards that we don't. And kind of like now, Magic Online is a little slow about this sometimes. But just mm-hmm. like Magic Online will be like, oh hey, this card's now seeing like play. I guess we should put it on the client. Yeah, you could see maybe going forward, you know, a like historic or sorry, a pioneer anthology where it's like, hey, here are the three cards that we're missing. Give us $5 yeah. and you can have these three cards. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, oh, there's a a paradoxical outcome deck and we need Bonesaw. We don't have Bonesaw, so we'll give you Bonesaw. Yeah. So that'll work. Not give, you know what I mean? We'll give you well, the I mean, option. Something like Bonesaw, they could just give us. Like, they've done that before with the welcome decks. They update the welcome decks yeah. every so often. And if there's a card like Bonesaw that needs to be included, they could just put it in a welcome deck and give it to you. Yeah, but like the point being, like they can they could still milk some stuff. Like they're not going to yeah. put every card, but they right. should probably get the like. I think if you get to the top like 150 played cards in the format, yeah, you have officially gotten enough stuff, or maybe the top 200 played cards. Like mm-hmm. you're fine. Yep, so I agree. Uh, apparently part of this, uh, now this is uh, filtered through the newly named but not officially rebranded in the podcast app, Jerry T Podcast. <laughs> okay. He, he's decided, they've decided to go with that. Just naming it after him. Okay. Yeah, since, since the co-host changes, but the Jerry T stays the same. Um, gotcha. So they're—I haven't listened to them in a really long time—but they are like just doing rotating 
co-hosts? No, they have. Uh, Brian Gottlieb is officially retired. Uh, well, from... I knew that he was leaving. I didn't know. No, if they... So he has. Uh, is it Dave Shields? Kind of okay. like a a modern grinder, like has been to the Pro Tour, plays a lot of modern, mm-hmm. um, player from like the Boston area. Okay. And uh, uh, like they went into they went in like top eight of the team event with Jerry in the legacy seat, mm-hmm. and like uh, this guy's uh, main purpose in life is getting Jerry to play more Magic. Uh, so, gotcha. <laughs> uh, so they talk about like going online and like, like testing matchups against each other mm-hmm. and stuff, which is something that hadn't happened in a long time. So it's kind of the... Jerry, yeah. I think Jerry can easily check out and yeah. Brian wasn't doing a whole lot to check him in, but yeah. So, but what, uh, Jerry said was according to the announcement, uh, Wizards was like, yeah, we were unable, like, this Pioneer Masters thing was supposed to come out this year, like Q4 gotcha. 2023, but they were unable to focus on giving Historic a unique identity and uh, do Pioneer Masters. I thought so, Historic's unique identity was that it had fake cards in it. Well, you got to make the fake cards. The fake cards already exist. But you had to keep making f- fake cards, right? Yeah. So I think that was what Jerry said. It was like, it was like, yeah, it was like the stuff they put in there and like all that alchemy crap. So yeah. I think it was, again, the two interns they have like making cards uh, mm-hmm. could not both make all the pioneer cards they right. needed and all the um, uh, alchemy cards they needed. So they chose the alchemy cards and like backburnered pioneer. Quick, uh, quick side note: Have you read any of the stuff that they've published, or not really published, but kind of put out there about how the rules engine works? Mm, not recently. I know you always say that it was supposed to like just you type a card and it reads the card. I mean, it's kind of interesting if, if you're interested in that. I, sort no, of you thing, know, I no. I think you. I did read one of the articles you sent me about like, uh, like how the the weird dagger thing like just made yeah. you sack all of your permanents. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they have published a few more. I think there's four okay. of them now that talk about like the nuts and bolts of how arena works and how mm-hmm. cards get like implemented onto the client. It's, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Yeah. But apparently not, uh, not easy enough for two interns to put like no. 400 cards Do- in. Does not seem that way. Um, so yeah. So some combination of remasters, anthologies and, a Pioneer Master set will get yeah. us to Pioneer in twenty. The way, which... okay. Oh, the the way that I had understood it is that um, basically the Pioneer Masters set is going to get us to uh, Pioneer tournaments mm-hmm. next year, and the anthologies are just kind of to pick up the stragglers. Um, the anthologies aren't really going to be for like format staples they're going to be more for like tier three decks or somebody's pet deck or mm-hmm. something along those lines because one of the other um so this first section here was right from the arena announcements and then in the gen con panel they also talked about this a little bit and i think it was in the gen con panel they mentioned something about 
um, trying to keep different kinds of players engaged. And I guess there's a reasonably sized portion of the player base that doesn't care what the meta is and just wants to play like fringy decks in whatever format. And that's what um, the anthologies are more going to be for, is that, that kind of player. The player who wants Platinum Angel or like those sorts of cards, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is fine. Like, yeah. like I am, I, I am I think that's a reasonable way to do it. Yeah, I, I am for that. Like, I have been, I have been that person for the last like couple weeks playing uh, yeah. unranked. Uh, oh gosh, what unranked Mazes End? Oh God, yeah. who are you? What what did you do with Brian? Hey, hey, it, we is know. Is this Gates Mazes End or is this Turbo Fog Mazes End? Oh, this is Gates Maze's End. Okay, like, a little bit better. I was gonna say you've seen like, yeah. uh, uh, Gates of Blaze, Golos, uh, yeah. Guild Summit, uh, sideboarding into Gatebreaker Ram. Yeah, yeah, like that's better than Turbo Fog. Did did I play against Mono Red with Cleansing Wildfire and Eight Ooh. Field of Ruins? Yes, Ooh. I did. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> Uh, that we had some we had some rough days there, but uh, yeah, yeah. Like I understand, like hey, I just want to play like my pet deck, like that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, but it's just I don't know. It's uh, like you got to get all this stuff on there. I think it'd be a mm-hmm. big boon for Arena uh, to to do that. Yeah, right. Just because like that is going to, I think, get more people on the client. Yep. It's like. Hey, here's a real, real format, and um, you can uh, uh, come here and play and qualify for stuff with a real format. Because mm-hmm. like, there's uh, uh, there's people that come onto Arena and play, like you know, the fake almost pie, like Explorer and stuff that I think would spend way more time on Arena if they were playing like an actual like real format. Something that they could analog in paper, exactly. Because like I, I miss that. Like I wish we, wish I had that a lot well, more. Let me. Uh, let's go out of order a little bit. I'm gonna move something up in the ranking. Oh this man, this is something that they talked about in the Gen Con panel. Um, they were talking about. Let me let me get this up here. They were talking again about the different kinds of players mm-hmm. that Magic has and how to better. Uh, better serve them and they said one of the things that they want to do is find a way to link paper and digital play that would be good um and i think what they had mentioned was doing that through the companion app okay so that games you win at fnm will advance you on your mastery pass oh which is interesting i mean it's not unless they like make the mastery pass a little bit better or harder. Um, I don't think this really does anything because it's like kind of trivial to get through a mastery pass. It, it is. I mean, it's trivial for like you and I when like we're like engaged. Um, I mean, it's kind of trivial, trivial even when I'm not. Like I haven't been engaged in a long time and I don't think I've missed a mastery pass. Yeah. 
I, I missed one I forgot to pay for. Uh, but other than that, um, I, I think it's good that one of the things we complained about was decoupling paper mm-hmm. from like the uh, the like decoupling LGS play from yes uh, like kind of the pro progression or mm-hmm. like and if it starts at getting mastery pass stuff mm-hmm. like it could move to hey if you play 10 fnms you get one token for an arena open mm-hmm. or something like or like or a draft it, token or something yeah yeah like they could do something where they reward you for playing in paper yep. and like you know that does two things it could get people much like they put the little codes in there, like get a pack, right? Mm-hmm. They can get the people that don't play Arena. If you give them something free, they may go download Arena to use the free thing. Right. And then it's getting people that might have stayed home mm-hmm. to, to, to play Arena to go play uh, like at an LGS. Yeah. Because, I mean, I... I assume that you and I are, like, the exception and not the rule. Mm. But, like, neither one of us has put money in Arena in, like, two years. At least, yeah. And, like, I don't think there's any reason for me to put money in Arena. Like, there's nothing I can't, like, No, I mean, you're, you're, all, you're in a way better spot than I am. You've got wild cards coming out of your ear holes. Yeah. So, like, you know doing something to get more people like there comes a point where like the people that are on your client don't have to spend money anymore like if like if you just want to like play like a janky deck and you already Mm -hmm. have your janky deck you don't have to put any more money in correct and you just play it for a while get get some packs and then be like oh i guess i can make another janky deck Mm -hmm. so like you got to get more people into the ecosystem so the uh, kind of going along with this was another tidbit about arena that I just kind of wanted to mention. Um, this also came from the Gen Con panel and not from the arena announcements, but when they were talking about how to better suit the different kinds of players, um, they specifically called out multiplayer magic and we're talking about how they might do that. Um, and two of the things that th- they said that they're going to address this, I think in the later part of next year, they're going to have a little bit better plan of what they're going to do. Um, but they're thinking either it's going to be an entirely new platform that maybe shared like a card database with arena, or it was going to be like an expansion to arena that would let you play multiplayer. Weird. I, I guess, like, an expansion makes sense, but, like, it seems kind of wild to, like, make a different yeah. client. Yeah. It's like, hey, here's our commander client. It's like, no. Like, it all has to be one thing. There's not, like... Well, like, that's what they were talking about, though, is they specifically talked about this through the lens of like collection building and how like players want to use the cards that they collected and not have to collect them all over again and 
I guess it would be four different places if you played on every, like every way to play. Every conceivable way of playing, yeah. Yeah. Like that would be terrible. Yeah. So hopefully they they do something like, I am like down with it like being a, um, goodness. Uh, expansion. Like pack. an expansion, like, hey, download yep. this big thing. Mm-hmm. Or preferably something you could like opt out of because the iPad only has so much space. <laughs> yeah. Well, like that's an interesting way to approach it though, because like in, you know, in a normal game with DLC or whatever, like you can load the game without the DLC. Mm-hmm. Like if load it's like, a, if, if it's like a, if it's like a forced pushed thing, but if it was like, yeah. Hey, here's, here's this thing. Do you want it or not? It's like, okay, like I can get behind that. Like that yeah. seems pretty good. There, uh, there was another announcement that may make you a little more interested in uh, multiplayer Magic on Arena. Okay. We'll, we'll get to it a little later on. I was going to say, have they freed Merit Lage? <laughs> no, not quite. Uh, Something almost as cool. All right. All right. Okay. So another thing that is happening for reasons that make little sense uh, well, you know, let's do this in a different order. Let's talk about okay. cons first, because that kind of fits sure. in with other stuff, right? Sure. They're bringing cons, baby. Yeah, actual cons. Um, um, if you in... don't do that many drafts, and you're like, hey, yeah. I want to, like, save... I, I want to, like, know what, like, the, the premier chef's kiss... <laughs> save your gold for cons, baby. That was one of the best draft formats... Like, I know there's been some good ones recently. People mm-hmm. forget how good cons was. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be this year. Like, so, so maybe we're going we're gonna to have wilds, we're going to have cons, and we're going to have... Uh, the other set. Ixalan. Yeah, like, so I don't know how it'll be, because remember they did Kaladesh was, like, in December or something. Yeah. Like... It seems like there's a really short turnaround, like Wilds, and then Ixalan comes out in November. Yeah. And then you get, like, that dead time around Christmas. Like, that would be, like, yeah. the perfect time. Just like they put the Vintage oh, Cube up on... time. They put the Vintage Cube up on Magic Online, and then yeah. they throw cons up then. Yeah. And, like, I draft as as opposed to like do responsible things with my time but uh <laughs> prepare yourself for some draft content <laughs> yes i will definitely be drafting uh way too much cons yeah but cons um, is uh and it specifically states cons not tarkir remastered cons. correct uh, and, in the gen con panel they they talked about not doing remastered sets for a little while for arena Okay. Um, later on, we're going to talk about some other remastered stuff, but on Arena, they're not going to do like they did for Amonkhet and Kaladesh and Shadows. They're not going to do those kinds of remastered sets. Um, so this is just going to be cons. Which cons cons is love. Yeah. Cons but that is, also means we're going to get fetches on Arena. Yeah. I mean, I think they are perfectly fine in... Uh, historic. Mm-hmm. I historic feels like 
just a garbage pail format. So, for example, I was playing, there was a midweek magic event. Mm-hmm. And I was just playing whatever, like, nonsense deck I decided to queue up with, right? Whatever. Yeah. Um, I had my opponent bowmaster me into the one ring. And I was like, we are playing two totally <laughs> different games here. Yeah. Like, this is dumb. Right? Like, you know, it's like, hey, it's a bunch of standard sets. And then, like the two most played cards in modern. Right. And it's like, we said brainstorm was too good, but yet here (laughs) we are with the two best cards in modern. Right. So I don't know. It just, well, to be fair, brainstorm's too good for modern. This is true. This is true. But no, it just feels weird. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so I wonder what like the end goal is. If they're, if they're planning on having all of pioneer on the client by the end of next year, Mm-hmm. What do they work towards after that? I mean, do they work towards modern on arena? Like, they're not really supporting legacy anymore. So no. modern's the new legacy, and pioneers the new modern. Mm-hmm. They've already handed off uh, Magic Online to another company for caretaking. Like, they're not they're not doing anything with it anymore. It kind of makes sense that they would want like all of their formats cohesively in a digital client at some point. Oh, it makes. A hundred percent sense. Now, we saw the pain that was required to get Pioneer. Mm-hmm. Like, has this been like a two and a half year project? By the time, um, like... Maybe. Like, well, I guess last year is when they announced that they wanted to get full Pioneer. Yeah. Right? So, so it will be a two year It'll be like a two year process by the time it's done. Um, see, so yeah, about a year ago. Um, so like, it'll be like a two, two and a half year process. How long to get enough of modern that it's modern. Now, the counterpoint to this is it could just be shocks, fetches, triomes, uh, bolt, and then modern horizons one, two, and three. And then that's all of modern. I was just going to say, realistically, that's modern. Yeah, like, like you get, like, a handful of cards that aren't, like, that are, like, old, random, like, Stoneforge. Right? Like, oh, here's Stoneforge, and here's a couple other random things, and then here's all the stuff we printed in the last six years. But also, if they're looking to either piggyback onto Arena for some multiplayer expansion or tie your collection to some other multiplayer game like players are going to want all of that stuff for edh anyway yeah like gosh it would be so bad to have like your arena and then commander arena as like (laughs) two different icons yeah right like well i don't think like i don't think they'd necessarily Unless they were going to go for a whole new client. But, like, if they do it through the expansion thing, like, it could just be a button. Oh, yeah. Like, 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 the, if, it, like if it's an expansion screen. thing, like, fine. Yeah. yeah. But, like, yeah, whatever. But, anyway, I'm, like, fine with Fetchlands coming to <laughs> Arena. Like, I think that that would be interesting for 
uh, uh, whatever it is for historic. Uh, we would have we'd have the same problem that we've had. We'd only have half the fetches, right? Uh, which, like, whatever is not a big deal when you can just like you know change like change a few text files and then you have them, right? But yeah, no, I think that cons will be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Speaking of speaking of Modern Horizons three, uh, yeah. For, again, like I was starting to say, reasons that boggle human comprehension other than, well, we've got all a pioneer on here. Now what? Um, <laughs> well, also, Chad's got to get his beans. Yeah, bro. We've got to put these cards everywhere, bro. Yeah. Uh, even the dump. Uh, <laughs> even the dump. So Modern Horizons 3 is coming out next summer, right? Uh, yes. Um, so get ready to have freer elementals or, uh, uh, no, whatever. So down a little bit, like I said, this was kind of hard to, uh, hard to organize in the Gen Con announcement. Uh, they stated that modern horizons three will be double faced cards and things that you wouldn't normally see double faced. Woo! Uh, um, so so excited. Um, that just allows you to have force of homie. Don't play that on one side, and then on the back, uh, furious fury on the <laughs> other, and you can yeah. pitch cast either side. Oh man! So you can like. Force of Homie don't play that to negate something. Yeah. And if they're playing a creature deck, then you just get to pitch a red card and yep. wreck them. So, yep. like, Fire Ice goes to, like, $45 because it pitches to both. Oh, man. And then you've done it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so they're bringing Modern Horizons 3 to Arena in its entirety. Yep. Which... Four reasons. For... It again, like at this point, I think at that point, modern will be a handful of staples that they haven't figured out how to power creep out, right? <laughs> like they haven't figured out, like they can't just make a lightning bolt that deals four, right? Right? I mean, they could make like deal three to target player or make it flame slash deal four mm-hmm. to a creature or planeswalker. Yep. Right. Um, so like, it'll be things they can't play uh, power creep out or things that are just like random, like strangle root guys getting played in modern because it combos with the Agmoth. Right. Right. And then like the modern horizons cards mm-hmm. and that's going to be modern. Like modern will be like four sets. Basically. It'll be modern horizons one, two and three. And Lord of the Rings. Yep. <laughs> and that'll be that'll be modern. Again, twenty years of magic history condensed down into four sets. Well, I mean, you know how you print strictly better versions of a card, though, right? Just knock commander value off. Well, you make it an adventure. Oh, this is very, very. 
Oh my double-sided adventures, bone crusher on one side and then just something else ridiculous on the other. Yeah, it'll be like, I don't know. Ashiok something or other thought sees on an adventure like two mana four four is the yeah. creature. Yeah. I mean, which based on some of these uh, leaks. Yeah. Nobody. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. But like it helps them get closer to modern on arena. Mm-hmm. And I think that even though you and I don't play historic and it seems like a lot of people, it seems that more people play historic in alchemy than we realize. And much, I think that much like the like fabled kitchen table, table, casual magic player. Mm -hmm. I think that there is also this fabled, um, fake card, magic player, fake card, magic player. That, like, they get on here and they just do that. Now, I don't know how much of this is, like, they're steered towards it. Because, like, when you build a deck, it, like, defaults to alchemy. Because it comes first alphabetically. Um, Or what. But they've got to keep those formats, like, interesting. Yeah. So, I I have another quick question here. Okay. Do you think that... Because this is supposed to be a draftable format. Like, that's... Mm-hmm. That's the reason that they're putting this on Arena so people can draft it. Is it going to be premium priced or is it going to be normally priced? Have they done a premium priced Arena product? Not that I know of. So, I would not be surprised if they've pushed the the price at on every other thing. Mm-hmm. that it seems strange that they wouldn't push the price on arena for drafts. And it could unless, be... Uh, unless uh, what? Unless they're specifically trying to get people on arena. Fair. Like, hey, I can... Like, you know, I think that more people would draft Commander Masters mm-hmm. on arena if it was regular price than the, like, ridiculous price it is now. Right. And, so, like, the, the Horizon sets have been fantastic draft experiences, both of them. Mm-hmm. No, they've been and, very good. Like, again, that's another one that, like, I will draft a lot of. Yeah. Um. But I I would not be surprised, even if it was, like, a small push, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of being 10,000 gold, what if it went to 12,000? And mm-hmm. instead of 1,500 gems, what if it went to, like, 2,000? Yeah. And then like still a lot of people drafted it and they'd be like, okay, so we can, we can do this. Um, you may have missed this in your, uh, in your week of, uh, Luddite dumb. Um, okay. did you see, um, the blogatog post about Morrow and, um, premium priced products? I did not. So someone asked, oh gosh, I need to maybe try to find it. I remember the, the gist of it. Someone asked, like, hey, like, why do you guys have to, to like, keep printing these premium price products? Mm-hmm. And Mara's response was, well, if we don't make them, was basically paraphrasing, if we don't make them premium price, we can't put in as powerful of cards. Would you be willing to pay these, like, buy these sets if they didn't have as powerful of cards in them? What? Exactly. And, like... Pleasant Kenobi mentioned this, and I was like, how, like, the power level of the card 
does not dictate how much the pack is. Right. But like, it seems like their thought process, or at least what Morrow expressed, was that uh, 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 was that hey, um, power. If that's the current design philosophy, like, there's no coming back. Yeah, no. Like, if it's, hey, we have to get... So, like, there's all these questions that people have asked. Where's, like, Morrow answering? Uh, hmm. So I'm just, like, I went to Blogatog trying to find the... Uh... I mean, if it was last week sometime, you're probably not going to find it. He answers a lot of questions on there. Okay. Oh, here we go. So how do I... Okay, I found this. So how do I get to... It's usually the, right afterwards. The answer. Posted by Mark Rosewater. No, where's it at? Crap. So I found the question. Now I have to find the answer. It should be right after the question. There's a bunch of like, I don't know if a bunch of people responded to it. That that should be right after the answer. So I see posted by, I don't know. I'm I'm too dumb to do this. Here in in the in the thing, you can see the question at least. Yeah. So here you can you can figure it out. There you go. I'll, I'll, I trust <laughs> I you. I will figure it out. Yep. I, I'm like I'm looking at it, and there's like a bunch of people that have like, I see like posted by Mark Rosewater. Anyway, we would oh, like so. So it's right here. It says, oh, I'd my like God. to give the feedback that I think there's some dissonance in making a set for Commander public at a premium price point. Commander I... is a format that gives life to often ignored cards, underdogs, and unplayable weird subsets. It was built as an alternative to higher price points. The fact that staples get pricier is a bug, not a feature. Thus, the premium price point for the set, I feel, drives the main target audience away, not towards the set. Thanks for listening. There we go. And then he responds. This prompts a question that I'm honestly interested to hear all of your opinions on. We could make Commander Focus product at the same price as a Premier set, but it would be at the same power level as a Premier set. Is that something you would purchase? So there you go. Sorry, my inability to read. I was looking for like a... Mark yeah. Mark replies, not just like yeah. one big paragraph. Apparently, the whole thing is his reply. Okay, so, um, yeah. So basically, we have to commit. We have to charge more for Commander Masters because they're more powerful cards, right? Which makes no sense. It doesn't mean that you have to like the cards weren't harder to design. They yeah, weren't no, harder. That's like the definition of runaway power creep. Yeah, they're not like harder to print. It's just you've decided that if we make a Ragavan, right. then we get to People charge more, for it. more money for a Ragavan. So we're going to yeah. make a Ragavan and charge $10 a pack. Yep. And it, it just doesn't make any sense. So speaking of premium prices, like this has been a thing. Um, so, yeah. all right. Um, speaking of things coming to Arena, Eldraine previews are starting tomorrow, apparently. So tomorrow yeah. being Tuesday. So two days ago That's as correct. you listen to this. Um, so next week should be our mechanics article. Yes. So we, Barring we should, any weird goings on. 
So we'll hopefully be able to talk about that next week. Yep. Um, and then, as we mentioned earlier, we also have Journey to the Center of Ixalan. Okay. Or whatever its actual name is. <laughs> I like Journey to the Center of Ixalan. I thought it was the <laughs> legit set name. I was like, I'm no. good. I mean, well, so in Blagatog there, at some point, Morrow had said that they were going to do a journey to the center of the earth, like set and whatever this Ixalan thing is like, have you looked at any of the artwork? No, it's like journey to the center of the earth. Okay. So it's journey to the center of Ixalan. Um, um and that's going to be in November and then we're getting cons on arena. So it's going to be a, a very busy yeah. few months here coming up. Um, so just keep that in mind. What else do we got here? Um, somehow we're getting improved duplicate protection. Well, they didn't really have any details on it other than saying that the more not individual cards, but the more sets that are released on arena, um, the more of a problem duplicate protection is going to be mm-hmm. because like every set's going to have some number of reprints. Right. And like, realistically how many duresses do you need just um, the one literally four that's it <laughs> yeah um so they have said that they're planning on doing something about duplicate protection improving it in some way i don't know yeah. what it's going to be but that's that's nice though because like i haven't heard anybody complaining about that in a long time no no but I, it does reach a point where like much like you have boxes and boxes of bulk mm-hmm. right where at least you have some sort of dream to turn like 2000 of them into $5 or whatever the heck the conversion rate is. Right. Like you don't have that on arena. Yep. And it's just like, Oh, I got another one of these. So like, again, I think that there are still complaints about the economy, Mm -hmm. but I think arena is because standard hasn't been enticing for people. Yeah. Arena has kind of been backburnered. Right, mm-hmm. There's not Pioneer, really, and like the people, the people that tweet and talk about Magic aren't talking about Historic, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I don't think that has been as big an issue. But if you're moving Pioneer to Arena, and then if you have an eye to move Modern to Arena, you're going to be moving a lot more people, yeah. and the economy has to be a little bit more functional right. to like, because I think that like. If the economy is super broken, I think people get jaded and don't want to give you money. I think there's yeah. probably some breakpoint where, like, you make the economy more generous and in turn you make more money. Right. Where people don't, like, where you or I might be like, I know the economy is bad. I don't want to put any money in because I know I'm getting screwed. Mm-hmm. Right. If we felt like the economy was more generous, maybe we'd be like, you know what, I'm willing to put a little bit of money in here because, like, I feel like I'm getting a good value mm-hmm. as opposed to I'm getting raked over the coal. So, like, maybe they've got to, they feel like they, if they get the, like, arena economy is bad. Because, like, whenever they ask, like, how likely are you to tell someone to play arena? Like, I'm always, Not. like, one. And then, like, why? And it's like, the economy is too predatory and would cost too much for someone to actually get in at this time right like you can't get in now right like you were supposed to get in in the open beta well i mean look at brad when he was fed up with popper on 
uh, Magic Online, he tried switching over to Arena, and you know we had both worked with him a little bit yeah. to try and you know get him up to speed, give him some tips and tricks, and it was like even just to get you know popper singles, it was way too much of an obstacle. Yeah, it's just, you you can't get over in yep. into it. So like they've they've got the whatever the the golden ticket packs or whatever like the mm-hmm. the that kind of make it so you can open packs and yeah and uh like it'd be Not akin to way dra- behind your yeah it'd be akin to drafting yeah. like i think that if people like really enjoyed arena and felt like it like people would typically spend a hundred or you and i spent two hundred dollars mm-hmm. a release like minimum. No, I spent more than two hundred dollars a release, yeah. On on like sealed products, right? Just every yep. time it's just like here's two hundred dollars, like I'm gonna buy my two boxes yep. and I'll do my pre release kits and stuff. And now we spend like zero dollars on actual zero dollars, yep. And so like they've gotta get more people like to be on arena and feel like spending two hundred dollars on arena is not just like incinerating money. Yeah, just like, oh man, this is awful. Yeah. So, I mean, I will say sitting in a hotel room watching Gavin playing crappy Gates of Blaze, Mazes End <laughs> uh, Gates, uh, was doing that on my iPad, would not have been able to interact with Magic otherwise, so it does have benefits, but it's still yeah. not the not the best. So this is good. Yep. There was one more thing that I just wanted to note about these arena announcements. Um, and then we'll move on to the next topic here. Um, and that's that these were actually arena announcements. It seems like all we get lately are a list of upcoming events, and we don't actually get announcements talking about the direction of the client or what mm-hmm. the roadmap looks like or anything like that anymore. So it was a, when I saw this article and read through it, it was a very welcome change of pace. So thank you, Wizards. Thank you very much, Wizards. Um, then I just had a a real quick note about Eternal Weekend. Um, Eternal Weekend is coming up in December. Uh, there's three of them worldwide. The one in the U.S. is in December, and it's in Pittsburgh. Yay, Um, it's been in Pittsburgh before. Yeah, well, it's typically in, like, Mid-Atlantic or Northeast, I think. Um... This was a Wizards of the Coast announcement, which I thought was kind of strange because Wizards basically does not support Legacy anymore. So it's kind of... Oh, sorry about that. I couldn't get to my mute button fast enough. Um, So it's weird for Wizards to, uh, you know, make an announcement or support this event in any way, I thought. Um, But if you guys don't know a whole lot about the eternal formats legacy vintage a little bit less vintage because that's like super not accessible but um typically the coverage for these is really good i imagine um ends it's going to be there right Mm -hmm. for sure yeah um and legacy games are something to behold so if you guys haven't checked it out you should uh tune in december 8th through the 10th yeah agreed um, this is one that like, it's like, uh, sadly, I think my final is like that Monday. Oh, that's a bummer. Like, I don't think I could like, be like, it. Hey, we're going, 
We're going to Pittsburgh. Though, I will say, oh, wait. So, study day is the 8th, or the 7th. Mm -hmm. The 8th Mm -hmm. is a Friday, and then my final is Monday in the afternoon. Like, I could conceivably go to Pittsburgh and uh, chalice the void some people. There you go. Because I'm now... Uh, I'm now a Chalice of the Void gamer. Okay. <laughs> um, graduated. Well, my goal with Depths was to play as few turns as possible because yeah. I didn't get to play that much Legacy. Yeah. So if I have to play an intricate 20-turn Legacy game, not going to go well. But if I have to play an intricate two-turn Legacy game, yeah. That probably is going to go pretty all right. Like, can't get outplayed in two turns for the most part. That is correct. Uh, Chalice of the Void <clears throat> makes the game slightly longer, but your opponent doesn't get to play any magic. <laughs> Thus, advantage me, person who is playing magic. It's like, what's the, what do your cards do? Oh, nothing? Rebel Master. Attack you, attack you, you're dead. Uh, so... <laughs> So that's where we are right now is like, can I, how little magic can I let you play? Yeah. <laughs> so you, you've moved on to magic as a zero sum game where yes. you have all of the fun and your opponent has none of it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. My, uh, a few weeks ago, my Delver opponent was like, I can't like chalice in the main. I'm like, yes. And then the <laughs> next game I chalice them and then played a Trinosphere. Oh man! <laughs> and the person beside me was like, "So what? You have like two transfers?" I'm like, "I have the full four. Like I, it was like four. Like I came here to for people to not play magic. Yep. Like you are not going to play magic this game, sir. Because uh, I was like, Brutal. chalice you, then transfer you, and they just went and picked up all their cards. Um. So, yeah." But yeah, like I would go do that for a weekend, like just Trinosphere some people. That's good. Yep. That's 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 mag- that is magic as Richard Garfield intended. <laughs> um so speaking of that, like I don't know if you've uh uh the the Resleavables did like has them back to back episodes. They did fourth uh, I edition. I'm so far behind on them. They did fourth edition and now they're on Ice Age. Yeah. And today they were talking about like the fact that they were like I think they settled on 25 color hosers in Ice Age. Yeah. And Cedric was like, it's kind of amazing that like uh, ma- old magic was just like trying to make sure your opponent couldn't play any magic. <laughs> yeah. It was like, yes, yes, it was. And like, that's what we're well, going back to. I mean, think about how many cards did that, though. Like Dingus Egg, Black Vice. I mean, no, f- Flash Fires, Choke. Well, they- uh, well, I meant more than like just the color hosers. Oh yeah, like icy manipulator, stasis. Um, like, they they were all about city in a bottle. Oh, you have yeah, you have uh, 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 Arabian Nights cards. Do you? Oh, do yeah. do your mountains have the Arabian Nights symbol on them? Well, I have some sad news for you. Yeah. Boom. Armageddon. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so Eternal Weekend. Good coverage. Mm-hmm. And there's Check always like some interesting stuff that comes out of it. Yep. In terms of like legacy stuff. And it's I w- interesting just to watch too. Mm-hmm. Like you 
Legacy is really off-putting to a lot of people because of the price point to entry and like how little exposure there is to it. But the games are very interesting for the most part. They are. They are. I mean, even like even when you're just like mindlessly like chalicing people, right? You have to mm-hmm. like you have things like okay, I do I need to I should play my lotus petal first. Right. So that I can't get dazed. Right. And like, just like, even like those little decisions of like, you know, how do I sequence this mm-hmm. on like, you know, tap ancient tomb, play chalice of the void. Like, how do I sequence this? What am I supposed to do? Yeah. Like, you know, really matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and I mean, I think one of the things that uh, people um, like, are more used to now are the free spells. Like that was one of the things that like, I think could be off putting for legacy is like you had no mana up. Why did I like get my spell countered? Right. And like, now we're just used to your opponent going like, you know, turn, turn two, play a five drop that rats your board. Yeah. And then attacking with a monkey. Right. Like we're more, <laughs> we're more, more used to that. Yeah. So like that kind of thing. And now the price point is like just not a thing that's going to be fixed between now and December, but just like no. watching it. And uh, as everyone has moved on to like team proxy, mm-hmm. like if you watch it and enjoy Absolutely. it, get your friends the proxy cards. 100%. As we just stated, Wizards is basically no longer supporting Legacy. So yeah, I don't see any reason to buy reserve list stuff to play Legacy. If yes. you want to buy it for some other reason, go for it. But like legacy players just want to jam games, so yes. proxy it up. All right. Now we now have uh there is a B and R announcement. Or more like a un B and R. <laughs> yeah. So um I read the article. I haven't read it in a little bit, but I read the article. But basically there were no uh, changes to standard and pioneer. Mm-hmm. Or uh and they were like, yeah, there's not like a top dog in Pioneer. <laughs> and oh, that was it. Nick, Nick, uh, oh gosh, from uh, from the cyborg. Yeah. Nick Miller. Yeah. Was like, what about this? It like just posted like some like challenge that like six of the top nine decks were Nick Thos Ramp. <laughs> it's like, uh, I beg to differ that there is not a top dog. Uh, yeah. So, like, that's a little frustrating that, like, you know, the the view is, is that Pioneer is fine. And there's, there was a lot of people saying that, like, hey, like, Pioneer's not fun. And I don't know how you fix Pioneer not being fun. Like, maybe the deck spread and the win rates of the decks are fine, but the format is not, like, an enjoyable way to, like, spend your time. Well, I mean, people were, before the best deck was Nykdos Ramp, it was Rakdos, and people were complaining about that. So, like, like there's always going to be a best deck, and there's always going to be people complaining. This is true. Um, but, like, I guess my, like, I don't know how you make the format more fun, but that seems to be a complaint people have. But yeah. um, uh, Pioneer has a lot of not, what feels like non-games. Yeah. Um, 
So, like, the mono green deck, like, there are just times where, like, you just watch your opponent, like, make 40 mana. And you're just like, uh, neat. And then, like, Lotus Field, like, because the version of Lotus Field that's on Arena is not great. But I've still just, like, been clowned. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, oh, 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 okay. Um, I guess I'm dead now. So I don't know how you, like, like make those games more interesting or more fun. Mm-hmm. But it would have been... With adventures. Everybody <laughs> likes adventures. I, I currently, I need to go look at what cards I have for my cube before I buy them. Mm-hmm. But I currently have uh, 20 Lucky Clovers and 20 Edgewall Innkeepers in a cart. <laughs> and fi- and uh, five Bone Crusher Giants. There you go. Um, so the big thing was they unbanned preordain in modern i just saw your note that punishing fire is still too good um <laughs> um so i mean pre- they're the same power level right clearly punishing fire clearly clearly so <laughs> preordain is the realistically third best cantrip print ever printed yes brainstorm ponder preordain now people are like, oh, I don't know if it's as good as like uh opt or consider and it's like calm down. Calm down. Like in Legacy, if given an option of which of these cards to play, we pick preordain. Right. Every time. Every time. So slow down with that. Yeah. Um So it's gonna give decks more consistency. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's some talk, like, again, on the Jerry T podcast and some other people just saying, like, maybe we mess around with Preordain for a while and, like, decide it's, like, not what we should be doing. I thoroughly doubt that's going to happen. Yeah. Because um, just, like, the blue-red decks, they want to put cards in their graveyard. Mm-hmm. Preordain puts itself in the graveyard. That is correct. They want to find the cards that they need. This does but- that. Yep, and pretty efficiently. Yeah. Uh, preordain looks at one more card than yep. opt or consider. Yep. It puts one less card in the graveyard than consider, Correct. but it lets you find your cards. Probably lets you cut lands. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it will be. It's probably gonna be one of those like glue cards, where like, I think it was. Uh, the co-host on Gary T was like, you're never going to know the games that you lost to preordain. Well, I mean, it's not that kind of card. It's not, but like, like yeah. it's going to make decks better. You are going to lose yes. games because your opponent kept a one lander with a preordain. Yeah. And they would never have been able to keep a one lander with an opt. 100%. And they're like going to get effectively four looks at their second land drop. Right. Where they would otherwise get three looks at their second land drop. Well, yeah, and in that kind of deck, they only ever need their second land drop. So. Yeah, and so, like, they're you're just going to have those games where, like, you would have maybe won the game to opt, right, if their land was four down and they missed right. their land drop, and, like, you get to, like, build your board presence or do your thing, and they're, like, playing a, a turn behind, and now they're just going to hit that second land drop and be fine. Yep. Um, 
So, like, it's going to be a glue card. I think it's going to see a decent amount of play. But, mm-hmm. like, there are some decks that are blue that are just, like, banned from playing it. Right? Rhinos can't play it. Right. Living In can't play it. So, like, some of the top decks. But it's probably going to, like, why wouldn't you play it in, like, Control? No, you would. Like, right? Like, like I think every, like, if you think about all the decks in Legacy that play Brainstorm and Ponder their modern equivalent is probably going to play preordain. Yep. Right? It just makes sense that that's what you would do. So, mm-hmm. like, it's probably not too good, but it's probably going to make a lot of decks better. Mm-hmm. Like, sneakily. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Punishing Vire being too good, I saw, like, a TikTok of, like, there's a guy who does like, oh hey, why is this card banned? Like mm-hmm. someone's like, oh, why is this card banned? And then they like play, they like play a game and like, oh look, look at how like, you know, repetitive this is. And it's just like, how dead are you to like a three mana deal two? Like your game plan is a three mana deal two, <laughs> and yeah. like I cast the run ring and draw six cards over the course of three turns. Right. To you. Neat. I'll draw two. I'll two myself. I'll draw three. <laughs> um, I'll play another with a one ring. Uh, I'll yeah. play an Orcish Bowmasters. Uh, kill your Orcish Bowmasters. Cool. I still have the the orc. Okay. Are you going to yeah. spend three mana to kill the other half of my two mana card? Right. Neat. Uh, like, okay, like. You discarded. Punishing with... player came down a turn too late, and I've already connected once with the monkey. Yeah, or like, oh man, I griefed you, and for some reason, maybe you discard your punishing fire. So your first turn was put the punishing fire back in your hand. Great use yeah. of your first turn. Right. Neat. Yeah. So, um, I, I don't understand, but I. uh I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter. Like, Punishing Fire isn't... Even if they unbanned it, it would see zero play. Yeah, like... So it doesn't matter if it's... It might as well be on the banned list, because... Yeah, it's... It is It is a comical card to be on the banned list, but um, if the if the goal isn't to have the smallest possible banned list... Right. Like, if, if there's... there a, doesn't change anything. Right. If there's a 0.1% chance that it, like, breaks modern... And they just go like, you know what? No, we're not going to take that chance because of we're like ninety nine point nine percent sure it does nothing. Right. So why take that risk of it like being too good? Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. I guess we, I guess we shouldn't get rid of, uh, we shouldn't take it off, right? Just but leave it there. I, I, yeah, I think the like risk of it breaking stuff is significantly less. Yeah. Than that, so like I think it just come off and like, oh, it like holds down creature decks it's like yeah so does like half the crap you've printed in the last like four years like hello fury fury solitude like oh i have my creature combo deck i guess i'll kill the creature that's part of your combo for free and uh oh or i'm a red player and i'll just kill all your creatures for free (laughs) um neat so yeah and then mind's desire is in legacy been unbanned in legacy yeah, so I 
am not a storm player. I do not mm-hmm. enjoy piloting storm. I do not enjoy playing against storm. I pretty much don't like storm at all, mm-hmm. which means that I don't understand the archetype because I don't think I've ever piloted a storm deck. It's not my thing. Um, I my initial reaction was that I assumed six mana was too much for a storm payoff. Um, and then I went to the deck lists on uh, Goldfish mm-hmm. and was promptly proven wrong. <laughs> Bryant Cook has put up, he's got a third video today that I haven't watched yet, has put up th- three or four videos yeah. uh, about Mind's Desire. He first put it in Ant and then promptly got to cutting ad nauseum because yeah. having a six and like going harder on Echo of Aeons. Yeah. Uh, with Mind's Desire. Because, like, the best thing you can do with a Mind's Desire is Mind's Desire into another Mind's Desire. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, six mana is trivial for those decks to get. Like, if you think about, like... Like, after increasing your storm count, though? Because this is a payoff, right? Yeah. Well, think about how, like, um, how Ant wins a lot of times. They burning wish for tendrils. That's six mana. That's true. Right? So, like, eight mana. Like, I think the harder part is getting blue, blue. Okay. Right? Like, you know, you can burning wish for it, like, hold priority, crack your LED kind of deal. Uh, But, like, I think the blue, blue is a little bit harder, like, than, like, black and red. But the last build he had was, like, on, like, uh, des- not uh, oh, what is the the one that is it? Desperate ritual? No, the one that like you get it, you get two red, then it, you get three red, then four. Right of flame. Yeah, right. Of flame. Right, like he was on like right of flame, and like on all the rituals, like mm-hmm. all the one mana rituals, just to get a ton of mana. Yeah, and then like also like you ritual off in the galvanic relay. And then the next turn, mm-hmm. you just have a huge storm count plus, like, a bunch of mana. Yeah. So, like, it's one of those things that I guess I don't know if it'll hang around. Right? Like, is it like is it better than going, like, Burning Wish for Tendrils Kill You? Yeah. Probably so, like, not. That's, that's the kind of thing that I don't know. There were definitely um, I know, like mine's desire is one of the payoffs for like the cube storm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I guess I don't there, know enough about the archetype. There were definitely vi- uh, times in his videos where he was like, "I really want to get mine's desire, but the right play to win the game is to just go get tendrils and kill them." Yeah, and there were a few times he was like, "Screw it, we're doing, doing mine's desire," but. Yeah, like, it's fighting for that, like, because, like, if you get to, like, you know, it's almost like the, it's almost like Galvanic Relay, where Mm -hmm. on one hand, Boris giving you the cards now, but you storm off, get a bunch of mana, cast Mind's Desire, and you're hoping to spin into more action. Yeah. Right, to, like, keep going. Where, like, Mind's Desire gives you a bunch of mana. Where, like, yeah. Galvanic Relay gives you a bunch of cards. Mind's Desire gives you the same amount of cards, mm-hmm. but in theory gives you more mana. Right. 
and you get it like now so you don't have to pass the turn. Yeah. So, I don't know. Again, I am not like a storm aficionado. It's fun, though I think like super annoying in paper. Shuffle, 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 yeah. shuffle, 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 flip. No, <sighs> not my cup of tea. Shuffle, 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 flip. Yeah. Um, oh, you mean like Mind's Desire in particular? Yeah, yeah like, great, because like it's shuffle your deck, flip the top card. Right. So every time you have to shuffle your deck. Yeah. It's like, <sighs> okay. okay, here we go. <laughs> shuffle, 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 flip. Shuffle, shuffle, yep. shuffle, shuffle. Um, and then there were no bans from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and we, we talked about this a yeah. little bit before... I took my break. Mm-hmm. Well, they they the thing I thought was weird is they were like, like they seem to think like having forty five percent of your Pro Tour decks be the One Ring decks and forty percent of your decks be Orcish Bowmaster decks was fine. Yeah. Like, I guess I don't know like historically what kind of like the saturation of a certain card was or the representation of a certain card was in the format yeah. but like 45% of your decks having the same card in it and that card not being like polluted delta or mountain well, the thing that they said in the article though was that they're in like a wide variety of archetypes and they don't really define a singular archetype and I don't think, at least in modern, we've had a card that fit that bill. I know that's why Looter Scooter got banned in like every other format. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think in modern we've had a card that was banned just because like it was ubiquitous. Yeah, but it's it's weird that like they would be like Looter Scooter is too ubiquitous in Pioneer. It goes yeah. in every deck, and they're like. Well, the ring is in almost half of the decks, but that's fine. I, I think the difference, though, is that like Looter Scooter didn't add anything to a particular archetype. It just went in every deck. Fair. Whereas the one ring like lifts up some archetypes that... It makes Tron playable. Good. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you can argue both sides. And- yeah. No, it's, again, tinfoil hat time, yeah. right? Like That's the other part of it. They've yeah. got the, they got that holiday bundle they got to move. Oh, yeah. And what's the big draw? Yep. You got this foil, this foily rings in there. Yep. We got to move those holiday bundles. Right. Um, I would be surprised that if you had a, a, a card that was 50% of the metagame for a year, mm-hmm. that we'd just be like, oh, that's cool. But you never know. And again, like Modern Horizons 3 might just like have the hard counter to the one ring. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I think like the format, I think is pretty close to having a hard counter for the one ring. Like Narset already exists. Bowmasters mm-hmm. already exists. Shieldred already exists. Those, those yeah. are all pretty good counters to the one ring. Fair. Um. um. Before we proceed, this okay. next section here is all from the Gen Con panel, okay, and it's all about upcoming sets. So I don't think we have to spend a ton of time on this, but we're also an hour in, so it's up to you. 
if you want to continue. We can we can go over this. We're an hour ten in, but we can go over this in probably like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, it shouldn't take too long. Okay. We, we gotta um, we gotta open with <laughs> There we go. Uh yeah. Jurassic Park or sorry, Jurassic World baby. Yeah. Universes Beyond Jurassic World is going to be in we have just named it or dubbed it Journey to the Center of Ixalan. Okay. Uh, um, just like the Transformers cards were in Brothers War, mm-hmm. um, these are going to be in Ixalan. So, like in the, I guess they were set boosters and collector boosters, or just collector boosters as like not actually in the set, but in the set. Same same deal here, but with Jurassic World instead of Transformers. You know what I just thought of? What's that? We have Chris Pine in Magic. We're now going to have Chris Pratt in Magic. Yeah. When are we going to have Chris Evans? When are they going to do the Marvel crossover? <laughs> oh, they won't ever get the Marvel crossover. Because that'll yeah. go into Lorcana. Yeah. Oh, man, we Got won't him. get our Chris Evans. Dang. Man. And I really don't think they'll do, like, a Snowpiercer Magic crossover. <laughs> Probably not. Uh, Urza's the guy who runs the train. <laughs> um, choo choo. Yeah, so we have Jurassic World, so dinosaurs. And then in 2024, we have Ravnica remastered. So this yep. is a paper release. This is paper release. It's uh, all three visits to Ravnica. Um, okay. Condensed into a singular draft experience. Awesome. Yep. That's uh, we basically have, all the information we have about that. We have Murders at Karloff Manor, Manor, a murder mystery on Ravnica. Yep. This is going to be a standalone set. I don't know if it's... I'm assuming it's a, the standard release for Q1. I would assume um, so, yeah. I, what was weird is when they were describing this, it almost made it sound like an aftermath style set but like there's no way they could do an aftermath style set for like a regular standard set release so i'm not 100 percent sure what this why, is why couldn't they because they just did no because aftermath was like part of march right but yeah but could like it was like 50 cards tacked on the end it wasn't like a whole set you know what i mean yeah yeah Okay. So I'm not exactly sure what this is going to be. I I keep reading Karlov Manor, but I keep thinking Markov. Yeah. And I keep thinking this is like Innistrad, but no, it's like black white. Yeah. Yeah, black white. Uh, yeah. It's Orzov, Orzov Ravdika stuff. Yep. So it is a murder with a, it's a standalone set with a mystery solving mechanic. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Um,. How they many glass beads am I holding in my hand? <laughs> they mentioned in the panel that there will be, like, in the game somehow, there will be a mystery that you have to solve. I have n- no idea how that's going to work. Are they going to reprint Goblin Game? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> There's the mystery you have to solve. <laughs> There's the mystery. How does this card work? And then we have <laughs> um, a Fallout Universes Beyond Commander decks. Yeah. Um, I am a uh, big Fallout fan. I have played many of them. Now that they've yeah. moved to Xbox, I probably won't get to play them anymore. Mm. Uh, boo. 
But uh, well, this is what I alluded to earlier. If there is a uh, expansion for Arena to play multiplayer with Fallout decks. Yeah, there we go. I, I could be one of those Brian people that like uh, does that. Uh, does this uh, card fit with my uh, theme? Oh, there. Uh... <laughs> they said that the decks are going to be tied to factions in Fallout. So like Brotherhood of Steel or the Enclave or whatever. Yeah. Okay. That'd like kind of cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Um, then Q two. I can't believe these are coming so soon. Uh, we have the Outlaws of Thunder uh, Junction, a new world world filled with villains from across the multiverse. It is Western themed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll just okay. I'm gonna. Just get this out of the way now. I've I mentioned it on Discord. I think it re- really threw me over the part. Of, a bit later on, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have space operas and death races <laughs> and yeah. like I understand that magic sets were always kind of inspired by stories that already existed, mm-hmm. worlds and lore from the real world, or like you know places from the real world. But, like, now it just feels like... And it's, you know, I guess it's going to be how things are done. But, like, it feels like there's a lot of, hey, like, I got Netflix and I just started watching stuff. And I was like, oh, hey, we haven't done a Spaghetti Western set. Oh, hey, we haven't done a Death Race set. Right, so it just feels like, like it's more of, like, there are these pop culture things that we can check yeah. off the list as opposed to like, you know, it's hundred percent what it feels like as opposed to like making our own world. It's like, we need a set set someplace. Like yeah. you could tell a similar story to a spaghetti Western set in like, a high fantasy plane or a high mm-hmm. fantasy place. Absolutely. As opposed to being like horses and saloons Salute. and yeah. stupid cowboy hats. Right? right. Like you can do these, you can do these types of stories in your world. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like, you know, I guess I don't know how you would like describe it as you know as opposed to like a Western set, but like, but that you say Western set that gives a very certain vibe, but yep. like you know, yeah, you know, this is a story. You know, we're gonna have the whatever, you know, you know, return to return to Ravnica, and we're gonna follow like the one planeswalker from the set on like a singular quest for revenge, mm-hmm. right? And that story has been told as a Western a bunch of times, but like you're not like picking up that like specific aesthetic. And it mm-hmm. may have just been that we're like, that there are like 12 announcements that are just like someone went to like the genres tab on Netflix yeah. and just like started writing stuff down. These. Yeah, like we yeah. don't have one of these, we need one. And yeah. it's like, you guys spent all this time like jealously guarding your IP. Right. And, and like you just threw it out. Yeah, I mean, you know, 
you have Nuka Penna. It's our gangster set. And it's like, did you need a gangster world? Right. Like, did I need a cab in my <laughs> in my high fantasy game? Probably yeah. not. Yeah. And like the gangster set was kind of like a throwaway, but now we're like, we have our gangster movie set. Now we're going to have our um, murder mystery, our clue set. Yep. Now we're going to have our Western set. Then we're going to get Modern Horizons 3 all double-faced all the time set. <laughs> yeah, and we talked about that earlier. Going to be on yeah. Arena, going to have double-faced cards. I don't think there's any more that we know or like need to say about it right now. Yeah. We already covered it pretty thoroughly, I think. Q3, so this time next year, yep. we're going to have... Assassin's Creed Universes Beyond as a yeah. not draftable booster product? Yeah, it's something about a Beyond booster. I have no idea what that means. It's That's vegan. what they're calling it. Sure. <laughs> made from sustainable sources. S- made from sustainable sources. Yeah, they found a way to regurgitate designs so they don't have to bleed interns dry anymore. <laughs> B- brought to you by ChatGPT. Um, yeah, exactly. So, um, but yeah, I don't know what the Beyond Booster is going to be. They said it's not going to be draftable. They said it is going to be legal and modern. It's about all we know. How do you, like, what are those cards going to look like if you just put out Modern Horizons 3? And then the next set is Assassin's Creed? That is modern legal. So, yeah. you, I know we all remember, like, Core 19 mm-hmm. that felt like, like, Elvish Reclaimer and like some other cards that felt like kind of remnants of Modern Horizons one. Yeah. They fell out of one design file and into the next. Mm-hmm. So I wonder how much of like Assassin's Creed are things that like didn't quite make the cut or didn't quite work. Yeah. And like you could definitely see a like push to like double face stuff in an yeah. Assassin's Creed thing where you're like hiding or like morphs or like stuff happening in the in the animus and then stuff happening in the real real world yeah supposedly the animus is going to play a part in this which is kind of weird because like the assassin's creed games have kind of moved away from the animus um i've moved away from the assassin's creed games well I, i have also but mainly because of that like the first two games were really good because of like the tie-in with the animus and you know you're playing your game in two different timelines and whatever i thought it was awesome and then like after that they i mean it was present in the games but it wasn't like a driving force of the games anymore i think i lasted like to like four the one with like the ships like black flag or something yeah black flag and i couldn't like started that one and stopped same i couldn't get through it but like the first few games, like, there was, like, the interesting story with, like, whatever they were called. Kind of, like, agents or whatever. Yeah. Oh. Like, the the precursors or whatever the heck they were called. And, like, I really wanted that story to pay off. And Ubisoft was like, no. Nope. <laughs> we're just going to keep making these games and making these games. And I was like, I'm going to stop buying these games. Thank you very much. And they did. Yep. So yeah, not not super interested for this one either. Yeah, especially since I don't know what a Beyond Booster is, and it's more cards that are gonna not be powerful enough for modern. Looking at you, one ring and Orcish Bowmasters. 
Yeah. Now, in our defense, they they spoiled the One Ring really early. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like. It's becoming more and more clear that, like, a whole set doesn't have to be powerful enough for modern. Right. It's like they can just pick five cards. Oh, yeah. And they pick those five cards and it changes the format. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, like, it's Ezio a planeswalker because he, like, or, oh, God, no. Whatever, the, whatever your name is in the real world, are you a planeswalker because you go through the animus to yeah. these different worlds? Maybe maybe the animus is like analogous to an omen path or whatever they're using now. Yeah. <clears throat> so interesting, but like again, it only takes like two cards, yeah. right? To be like, oh hey, this is like changed modern. Mm-hmm. So this could be the fifth set that they need to put on arena to make sure that you have modern playable on <laughs> arena. Yeah. There you go. Um and then you have Bloomborough. Mm-hmm. Uh, no humans, only animals. No, no humans whatsoever. Animals are the main characters. Or animals are the only characters. So yeah. this is where that art that was shown that was like the mouse with the cape and like the fire wolf or whatever. Mm-hmm. This is the plane that that came from. So and that's have, all we know about this one is no yeah. humans, only animals. Uh, we have Dustmorn House of Horror, a top-down modern horror from the 70s slash 80s. Set in a giant mansion. Yep, that's right. You read I, that correctly. You, I read. I, I the only thing I can think of is like Chainsaw Massacre. Yep, and Chainsaw then like Massacre, uh, Freddy Krueger. Um, like, is there gonna be a vehicle that you have to like flip a coin to see if you can crew it? I don't know. Maybe. Like it, it won't start. It won't start. <laughs> yep, hiding in the chainsaw shed. Yeah. Um but again feels like someone watched like Texas Chainsaw Massacre and went like why can't I do this? Why haven't we done this in magic yet? That. Um Then we have Innistrad remastered. Yeah, well, so from oh, so here is, on out things are very loose. This, this is, is 2025. 2025. Yeah. And they specifically said that a lot of this stuff is probably going to change mm-hmm. um but they for whatever reason felt the need to talk about it so we have so yeah first up is, remastered uh, yep. which and is this is just like ravnica remastered it's just all of the innistrad sets kind of curated into a draft experience i mean we've heard that before right uh, they, they just <laughs> they're just all the times you've gone to innistrad but in black and white right <laughs> Just all together. It's a 700 card set, or it's a thousand card set just in black and white. Yeah. Um, and then these ones are still in their um, code names. These yep. other upcoming sets. We have Tennis, which is the code name. Mm-hmm. And it is a death race across multiple worlds through omen paths. Again, I love the, the, I love the new death race movie as much as the next person. Yeah. But why? Um, they also gave a little bit more information, like hints to what the planes could be, but I didn't care to think about it that much. I figured yeah. it was two years out, and we'd worry about it when it got closer. Um, we have Ultimate, which is a return to Tarkir. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, that's cool. cool. And yeah. 
Like, hey, this one is a magic set. Yeah, imagine that. It's not like a Netflix tie-in. Um, supposedly, that this is going to be the best parts of each set. So, like, the things that made cons great and the things that made dragons not quite as good as cons, but still pretty good. Yeah. Um, like, smashed together into one set. Um, now, this next one, this next one is the one that could get me. Yeah. Uh, Final Fantasy Universes Beyond. Yeah, this one's going to be a full booster release like Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. So it'll be legal and modern. It'll be on Arena. Um, I uh, played every Final Fantasy game from Final Fantasy 3 in the U.S., which is actually Final Fantasy 6. Yeah. So I played 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, and... 10 most of 10 2 i kind of like checked out mm-hmm. then i came back for maybe 12 like i think 11 might have been like the uh the like the their first crack at like an mmo yeah. that i played like 12 and i've or 13 i've kind of been away and then um during the right before the pandemic or right after was when final fantasy seven remake remake came out and like mm-hmm. uh yeah <laughs> played a lot of that and i'm currently playing final fantasy uh crisis core which is not a good video game it's oh. fine it's not great but like i'm just like it's final fantasy i'm playing this i'm doing everything um but yeah it is uh that that is that is my jam. I do not. Yeah, I never got super into the Final Fantasy games. I played like the originals on Nintendo, mm-hmm. and then I played. Was it Seven? Was the one that was on PS One with yes. like two discs or whatever? Four four discs. Yeah. I literally still have it. Well, I, can... I so I made it through the first disc and went to move on to the second disc, only to find that my little brother had gotten a hold of the second disc oh, and ruined no. it. And at the time, I was a very young lad, and that was a very expensive game. Mm-hmm. And I never picked up another Final Fantasy game. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, uh, and, like, it took me a long time to get through that first disc just to find out that, that the second disc was ruined. Final Fantasy is um, back on like Super Nintendo and in the PlayStation. Uh, younger listeners, they would have like an hour counter, yeah. and it would go up to ninety nine hours and fifty nine minutes, and then wouldn't move. Mm-hmm. I pegged multiple playthroughs of Final <laughs> Fantasy three, and I do believe Final Fantasy seven to a hundred hours. Yeah. So, yes, yes. Uh, the remaster is good. It is a, more of a modern action RPG. If we're if yep. you know we're trying to sell you on stuff, um, I don't know how I feel about like I don't know cloud and materia in modern. Like besides the <laughs> One Ring, yeah. Um, like it has some high fantasy vibes. Like it could work. But don't but, forget Ezio. Ezio's got to be in there. Oh yeah, Ezio's there too. Yeah. Um, the Buster Sword as a piece of equipment. <laughs> um, 
next Colossus Hammer. Yeah, the next Colossus Hammer. Uh, like, you know more about Lord of the Rings than I do. So, like, other than, like, the really, like, big characters from, like, the movie, like, Rosie Cotton, like... In the books, not really in the movie. No idea who she is. So, like, yeah. I don't have that, like, oh, this is a and d thing. Or, like, Orcish yeah. Bowmasters could literally have just been a magic card. Yeah, right? I mean, that probably should have just been a magic card. Yeah, but I don't know, like... With Final Fantasy, I'm much more, like, uh, in on, like, the the, IP. the games and the IP. So it's going to yeah. be, like, hard for me to be, like, hmm, Squall should totally be a uh, a magic card. It's like, well, no. Yeah. Or, like, Bahamut. I'll be like, no, 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 no. He's a flying magic dragon. Uh, he, <laughs> he is not a magic card. Um so, like, that'll be weird. Yeah. Um, and now we have uh, a volleyball. Yeah, What's this volleyball? is your space opera. I love me some Cowboy Bebop, but... Uh, well, what's crazy is we just... The last unset was... Space. Was unstable, right? Unstable? Infinity. Un- Infinity, that's right. Infinity. And, yeah, it was set in space because that was a thing that we couldn't do in a regular release, right? Hey, man, Uh, this, to me, gives a vibe of, like, we're running out of ideas. We have, like, run our IP to where we can think to take it. And, like, they're trying, like, I think they're trying to avoid retelling stories. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to, like, do something else. But, like, I don't know, like. There's like 20 Wheel of Time books. Like you can like just tell like a really long story. Right. Um So, I don't know. But like even the art that they showed for like this space opera or whatever looks like they pulled it right out of the file for Infinity. And then we have Rasslin. Rasslin. This Would is you... a return to Lorwyn. Okay. With a twist. Okay. Um they said it's going to be equivalent to Neon Dynasty. Okay. So it'll be like a future version of Lorwyn or something along those lines. Okay. Kithkin and Merfolk live in harmony. Uh, sure. Um, and then we've got Yachting. Yachting. Uh, this is another return set on Arcavios, which is where Strixhaven was. You know it's bad when you're like, we're returning to fill in the blank plane, and then you have to go like, you know, you remember that? that that's the plane that this thing, that this set was set on. Because, like, no one knew. Right. Well, so, like, Strixhaven was set in the school. Yeah. And, like, n- there were very few other parts of the plane that you Got saw explored, that was yeah. in the school. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming that this set is going to be like the rest of the plane and not the school. And then finally we have, you know, the most common time to go uh, zip lining is when you get off of a big boat. So we're going That's from right. yachting to zip lining. <laughs> our, our, our day excursion on our cruise will be yep. similar to war of the uh, March of the uh, war, war or March. I was like, I was like, War War of the March? Like, that's not right. No. 
War of the Spark or March of the Machines, it'll be the culmination of the next story arc. Um, I mean, March of the Machines was kind of just like a eh end. Yeah. Like it wasn't great. Um, so yeah, I still stand by my. Really feels like they're running the low. Shark. On, yeah, they're like running low on like ideas for like IP. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly seems that way. And I mean, they shouldn't, right? right. Like, like because there are like I don't know, like read a book. There are tons of like, like every story has been told. Right. Well, I mean, there's still like huge loose ends in magic lore that have not been explored yet. Yeah, like you could go. Did you know? I learned this today. Did you know who the Raven Man is? Um. Yes, it was revealed in Domin- the last Dominaria, I think. It's Lendor. Who- yes. Yes, I did know that. And they were like. Because they were doing, because he, he first appeared on Ice Age. Ice Age, they, yeah. And they were talking about it, like, oh, yeah, Lemdul, they call him the Raven Man. And that yeah. became a card. I was like, was he the Raven Man back then and we were just all too dumb to remember Ice Age stuff? Like, No, it, it wasn't revealed that he was the Raven Man until we got the Raven Man card. Okay. But I was like, oh. But, yeah, like, no, there's there's a lot of stuff that they could still do. Well, and like, like Emrakul is still stuck in a moon. Yeah. And, like, we still don't know what the uh, consequences of not having planet recycling Eldrazi are. Fair. Um, like, that's a huge story arc. <laughs> yeah, like, what, like, what's going on with the Phyrexians? Have they, like, fought, like, they weren't all killed. Have they, like, right. fallen into disarray? Like, like, there are stories that can be told within your existing IP mm-hmm. and you don't have to set those stories in like a B movie, like framing. Right. Like you, cause we used to like go to a set mm-hmm. or go to a plane and there was like a story that was told and it might just be like how they're shortcutting it. That makes it feel like really like cheap and icky. Yeah. And it'll be fine once we actually like do it. But, like, just to be, like, cowboys, race cars. Done. Done. Uh, 80s horror. Done. A genre that we've all been clamoring to revisit. 80s horror 100%. films. 100%. Oh, yeah. Um, and then, like, sci-fi space. It's just, like, are you... What are you doing? Like, you have all of this stuff that you could, like, mm-hmm. go back to. And, like... Yes, like some of the some of the stories might feel like the same, but like mm-hmm. you're telling like stories of like conflict and war like every time, right? Right. So like you could just tell those stories. Like, what's the Raven Man up to? Mm-hmm. Like, is he like trying to like raise another army of the dead? Like, what's Marilaja's story? Yeah, where's Marilaja? Nobody, nobody knows. Girl? Right. Like you nobody could, has any idea what that story is. You could do that and you don't have to be like we're going to talk about Merit Lage but if Merit Lage was a cowboy right. and it's like <laughs> with the biggest hat um, <laughs> that's like a 200 gallon hat um, probably bigger than that but like right, you could do those things and not have to shortcut it like 
You know, you could yeah. be like, tennis is like the story of Merit Lage. And then people would be like, oh my God, what are they going to do with Merit Lage? Like, I think people would be way more excited about that yeah. than they are like a death race. Right. Right. Or like, hey, like, we're going to like, you know, this is the story of the remaining Phyrexian Praetors. And like mm-hmm. their, their struggle to like rebuild Phyrexian society. Yeah. Or and like like a lot of the loose ends that they've tied up lately, they've just kind of like slapped a band-aid on too. Like they made a huge deal about um like Garrick going on a rampage after he got cursed by the chain veil, right? Mm-hmm. And then like all of a sudden randomly in like Throne of Eldraine, oh, he's better. Yeah. Like they did nothing with that story. Like that could have been a whole whole set. It could have been a whole set, like Garrick struggle yeah. to like regain yeah. his humanity or Garrickness or whatever, yeah. right? Like, is he a human? I don't know. I think so. Uh, right, but like that could have been like a thing, mm-hmm. where like you could treat sets like the chapters of a book, mm-hmm. right? Like, hey, we've got this. We paid someone. We paid Brandon Sanderson way too much money to write like. Basically, our road, our story roadmap for the next like twenty sets, mm-hmm. and it's just like all of this like interconnected stuff, and like, and then do that, and like, because people are invested in like the characters, like, right? I don't know how like hype people get for like one-off random dude, yeah, and like most of the time they're like really hype about like the art. Mm-hmm. Right, like, oh, we have like you know whatever Sophie Eric's daughter, and then like her brother, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, oh man, oh you can see Sophie's in the background, like in her like that's what people get excited for is like those kind of right. things, not just that like Sophie Eric's daughter's brother shows up, Hans Eric's son or whatever his name was, yeah, right? Like it's like, oh, I really like this character because of like how they look. Right? Like, that's what people, like, gravitate towards. Yeah. No one's just, like, cosplaying random tutu goblin. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, somebody right. might. But... Somebody might. But, no, it just... It is this, like... I guess, yeah, two years just kind of feels like we're going to throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Well, so I wonder how much of it is, like, oh, we started doing these uh, special frame treatments to have extra booster packs to boost sales so that we could have booster fun and now every set needs a completely unique theme so that we can have a special border for our set to have more booster packs to sell more shit like the wild the wild west one is like has like a rope border yeah or whatever yeah no it could be that i was also gonna say like foil dust dust foil i i also wonder how much of it is clouded for your I also wonder how much of it is um, we're now cranking up so much product that we're having to, like, write flavor text for and, like, try to put together in some sort of cohesive story that, like, they don't have the time to, like, really flush out, like, like, you know, someone was like, you know, crap, 
tomorrow I have to have like seven set plane uh, plane set uh, ideas, and they were like, Netflix, boom. Yeah. What about a de- death race? Love it. Boom, bro. <laughs> Bro, we can sell them limited edition cars. It's great. <laughs> Crossover with Hot Wheels. <laughs> exactly, because yeah, we'll, we'll have the we'll have the Hot Wheels universes secret. beyond It'll for be, that. Yeah, Hot Wheels secret lair. <laughs> secret lair, king of the road. Uh, yeah. So anyway, we've been talking for a very long time. This is like an old school episode. It is an old school episode. So with that, I think we got a show. We're going to call it a show. Maybe a show and a half. Yeah. Um, so if you can reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Discord, Elon Forever, uh, or uh, or email. I think I didn't say email. I got Discord this time. Uh, <laughs> about like what sets you're excited for, what things you hope to see, um, how we can get uh, the final Hollywood Chris, Chris Evans, into magic somehow. Um <laughs> I'm sure somebody has an idea. I'm sure. Uh, get at us on uh, all of our various places. All those yeah, links are in the description. Up. Let us know what you think. If you're looking to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. The first is with a TCG player affiliate link, casualtryhard.com slash TCG. Head on over to TCG player using that link. Anything you purchase after that will get a small percentage up to help keep the show going. Won't cost you guys anything extra. It really helps us out so we would appreciate it. If you're looking to support us more directly, if you enjoy the content that we make and you want to show us that you enjoy it or you want to just support the show in general, um, you can head on over to patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. In return for your support, uh, you get access to our pre-show, roundabouts another hour of content out of us, completely unscripted. You never know what we're going to talk about. Um you also get access to our show notes, so you get a sneak peek about what the upcoming episode is going to be about, and you get put on my mailing list. Every so often, I get cool stuff to send out to you guys, and if you want to be included, you can sign up for Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtrayardmtg. Like I said, chip a couple bucks in, you get access to all that cool stuff. You get the the feel goods of knowing you're supporting your favorite podcast, and uh, you get our undying appreciation. Yes. All right. So with that, we'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets. Bye.